We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You guys know where to follow me. I'm verified. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. All right, we're coming to you guys later in the week, uh, probably the weekend by the time listening to this, because, look, me and Chris are going to do full transparency here. Every time we try to record during the week, the Seahawks do something. They sign somebody, they cut somebody, they trade somebody, they fire somebody, and then we have to re-record or do something else. And, you know, we're tired of it. We didn't want to do that during free agency because, Chris, we usually record on Tuesdays, but then that wouldn't have helped because that's when they, you know, sign Sha- or let Shaq go and then Akello comes in. And then if we do a Wednesday, that's the start of free agency and he did a bunch of things there with the Gerald Everett. Like, we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to do that because the Seahawks don't love us. They don't care about us. They don't care about our schedule. So we're just going to wait it out. That said, Pete, John, listen very closely. If you guys make any moves while we're recording right now, <laughs> Friday afternoon, if y'all are not just watching the NCAA tournament like everybody else and making Oral Roberts jokes, shame on you. Shame. All right? We're wait- we waited just for y'all to make sure that nothing broke, nothing happens while we're recording. Um, Chris, fingers crossed. Man, it I don't know how many times a, bil- a billion. you have been on the road. Oh, here's a story, Chris. By the way, looks like I'll be back over or give me a call in an hour or two and we'll figure this out. Yep, I hope yep, that doesn't yep. happen again. It, At this point, maybe I'm guessing we just do a podcast for 15, 20 minutes. And, and then just, just wait. <laughs> exactly. Nah, no, no. I believe in Pete and John today. Uh, this is the only thing I believe in Pete and John about because the rest of their offseason strategy is, is uh, leaving a lot to be desired. So let's 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 jump into that. Um, I do want to start with the reason because I got access a lot and it's a valid question. Um, and we're going to get to it eventually. So I'll just open with it. The reason the Seahawks have not restructured or extended anyone's contracts yet to make room. And... I can, I can see why. I haven't talked to anybody on this. Honestly, I haven't wanted to hop on the phone for a little bit. But the last two times the Seahawks have restructured deals, they restructured Doug Baldwin's deal the day of or the day before trading for Sheldon Richardson in 2017, and they restructured Russell Wilson's deal after signing or trading for Dwayne Brown. In both of those instances, the restructures were for a purpose, right? They were to make room for a specific player, not make room for the sake of making room. 
And I can see them doing similar things here. I can see them saying, we're not just going to create 40 million to have 40 million. We're going to wait and see like, hey, if we needed to create to sign player X, then we shall do so. Um, and I imagine that those moves will come because at this point, I think they're operating in the red based on all the signings and trades they've made, unless they're like drastically restructuring some deals like with Gabe Jackson's or whatever uh, to complete that trade. So for everyone wondering, because I was wondering that too. I was like, man, they're doing a lot of moves without doing like the obvious thing. But I can see a world where they're like, we're just not going to create a bunch, kick the can down the road for the hell of it. Let's at least wait to see who we're doing it for. Like, for example, I think if they were to sign a, um, a Joe Tooney, who went to, where do you go? Where do you go? Kansas City. If they were to sign him, they would have had to make some room probably. They were like, all right, we're going to call Russell and say, hey, Russ, we're restructuring your deal to make room specifically for Joe Tooney. Not, hey, Russ, we're restructuring your deal because it's Monday. Like, I get, I can see that being the reasoning. Again, I'm not reporting that necessarily, but that is something that the more I thought about it and looked at the history of their restructures, um, that did make a little sense. That's it. Let's get into some some moves here. Uh, what was what was first? You want to go chronological order or just all of well, them? Oh, Shaq, or you want to talk about the moves the Seahawks made? Yeah, the ones they made. Was Shaq first? Yeah, Shaq. technically, him leaving was the first splash. That was the Damn. first. That was the first move they got. Um, which everyone predicted. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew he. The writing was on the wall. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Shaq. I'm gonna say this real quick. I don't know why it was so hard for everyone in Seattle to grasp the fact that how they viewed Shaq would be very different than how the market viewed Shaq. And that's very important. What we think, Chris, what the fans think, it does not really matter. It's what the market thinks about you. That's how you get paid or don't get paid, right? As of this as of this recording, Chris Carson hasn't gotten paid, right? The fans think highly of Chris. Chris thinks highly of Chris, but Chris doesn't pay himself, right? Like you got to somebody has to think highly of you. Shaquille Griffin is a, was a he is a 25-year-old cornerback, so it's a premium position. He's a young player. Athletic tools are all there. The size is there. And he has a Pro Bowl on his resume. And health has not really been much of an issue. He had a concussion as a rookie and uh, had, like, a hammy issue, another concussion this year. Like, not a huge history of, of, of injuries. So you got a 25-year-old relatively healthy cornerback with a pro bowl on his resume in a year where there weren't other bunch of other great cornerbacks in a free agent class. Yeah, man, that's how you get paid. Right. Exactly. So when he gets 14.8 million a year, that's just not a surprise. So the Seahawks were like one of the final three teams, uh, to be in the running for him. They lost to Jacksonville, uh, got outbid. And now the first move they made was to sign a Witherspoon for four mil, a who, you want to talk about some? Now, there's some ups and downs uh, there. He was drafted higher than Shaq, I think 66. Shaq was 90, same draft. Has played well, has played poorly. Like, he got benched, benched twice. Yep. I'm pretty sure he got benched against the Seahawks uh, in the 2017 uh, season finale. That was a great game. Uh, I think I think DK might have been giving him to work, and he got he got he got benched. I'm pretty sure that's what that was. And then he got benched again in their playoff game, San Francisco's against i want to say the vikings um who it was somebody else was giving him that work too might have been Diggs, might have been Thielen. doesn't matter so i'm not usually a fan of that uh although i think akello says he was hurt at that time so that would make make a little bit of sense 
doesn't play as super well in t- to start 2020. He's like playing okay. And then comes on super strong at the end of 2020. Final three games, I think, has like an interception and like four passes defense uh, over a three-game span, including playing well against DK in week 17 because time is a flat circle. So uh, for four mil, if you're going to let Shaq walk – I'm relatively okay with the Kilo joint, at least right now, as long as there's another move coming. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Because right now, Chris, their cornerback room would be guys guys with potential to start. We're looking at what? Kilo, DJ Trey. Reed, mm-hmm. and Trey Flowers. <laughs> I d- it's a little scary there. Yeah. Drake yeah. just dropped scary hours. Yeah, scary hours too. Oh, excuse uh, me. My yeah, apologies. yeah, that's I, I'm not <laughs> feeling super. I put it this way: for Pete, for Pete Ball to work, they need an elite defense, right? If you're gonna do the run, run game, play an elite defense, run better, guys. Yeah, that's what you that's what you need: an elite defense, and that includes an elite secondary. And I am not under the impression that that trio, even if you add a rookie to it, is enough to have an elite defense in 2021. It's not enough. It's not, but this is the market they are in with the money they have. They feel Witherspoon can do really good things, and they think they can fix some of those mistakes he's had previously, and that's just consistency with him. As you mentioned, he put on a nice little show towards the end of the year. Very good. Very good at the end of the year, yeah. That's a positive sign. You put some film on tape. The Seahawks liked what they saw. We're going to bring him in, and he's going to fit our scheme of cover three. Drop him back. Don't get beat over top. And if he's able to master that, he can get he can he can really get bored over there. That's the potential, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, in theory, he's played in the Sala system, which is very similar to Seattle. They they probably get they get a little bit more physical at the line, um, which fits Akello. He's what six three. Oh, so I mean, Seattle made the right call initially in twenty seventeen to draft Shaq. You know, I mean, they didn't have a choice, I guess, but <laughs> they, they they picked the better player in the draft. But they're going for the value pick um, now. Yeah. I just think that. If you weren't going to pay Shaq 14 mil, which, you know what? See, I didn't want to do that. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Like, I'm not tripping. Good for Shaquille. It's great. Um, I, I think that what it, what did uh, Patrick Peterson get? 10? Got 10 from, I think, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Kyle Fuller of the Bears is now on the market, although they'll probably have to trade for a guy like that. I just think that they were probably, you probably could have done a little bit more there because now I think, whereas they could have made one move, Got to make two. And I feel, yeah, exactly. I would have felt good about one move. Like, all right, we got Sherm. We're good. All right, we got P2. All right, I feel good about that. Oh, we traded. We we outbid the Colts for Xavier Rhodes. Okay, I feel good about that. Um, I wouldn't have liked the Bradley Roby deal for 10 mil. But there were just other deals. Now I think you got to make two. Now I think you got to do this and then bring back Quentin Dunbar. Now I think you got to go do this and then go after, you know, whoever, whoever else. But... If there's another move coming, I think I'm okay with the cornerback room. You have to be, don't you? I mean, <laughs> well, no, we could just complain about it the whole year, I guess, in theory. <laughs> it wouldn't be wise to complain about it because no, no, this no, is the no, situation no. that they're in. And then, I mean, other moves that they made, they bring back their special teams captain, or well, not captain, but one of the best guys to do it, and Nick Below oh, is a fullback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years. 
Was it? I, what was the terms on that? Four, four, four point four and a half. And mil. his cap hit this year is one point seven. We calculated yeah. that before the show. Yeah, one point seven for Nick Bellore. I mean, that's. Uh, I get it. Sure. <laughs> if, you, if you signed him to, for context, if you signed Nick to a vet minimum, Nick's been in the league eleven. He's twenty eleven. He's been in the league a long time. He's like 30, nine years, he's like ten 32. years. Been in the league uh, for a long time. So, so this will be his eleventh season. So for him, the vet minimum is like one one point. Uh, 107, I think, is the number. So really, you're signing him to like 600,000 more than the uh, than the vet minimum. And I think they have a a good relationship with Nick's agent. So I don't say he's probably doing him a solid. Like here, man, here's <laughs> come kick it. Here's here, here's the here's the taxes Uncle Sam's gonna take. So here here's an extra 600k. And Nick's a good special teams player. And this probably means that they won't bring back Nico Thorpe, um, unfortunately, because um, Nick has kind of taken over that top. Top Gunner role. Yeah, the Nick move is kind of like, okay, I've expected that. Uh, Killer movie just talked about uh, re-signing Puna. That was big. I think that made some sense. That was something that I had heard was on the table because it could save them some money and prevent Puna from dipping out on them next year because I think we can probably agree. Puna can ball. So, and Puna's like 25. And he's if he had another good year on the RFA tender, which would have been about $3.3 million on a one-year deal, he probably was going to ball. Like so, like I, for example, I had checked in uh, with people um, on both sides um, uh, of the situation, and they made this very clear. Like an extension was definitely possible. Like everything was on the table with Puna. It was a second round tender, even a first round tender. Like because that's how highly they thought of him. Because that would have been about four million dollars, maybe four point one, and an extension. Like all three things were on the table. Um, like in January, that's how. That's how. Uh, like good everyone felt about the situation i think the two-year um 13 mil uh is pretty good and this is to show you how like you can manipulate cap hits and stuff like that tuna but excuse me puna signed a deal that's worth up to early, uh, nearly 14 mil like 13 five and some change if my math is right based on all the incentives that he can get for sacks and playtime. his cap hit this year is 2.6 that's it yeah on a deal worth up to 13 five that's how well you can manipulate this joint. And I think Puna ends up getting like 7.5 um, guaranteed, which is good. Two years and 70. So really you're looking at like a two-year, seven and a half guaranteed type of deal for Puna Ford. So it saves them a little cash on the cap hit and Puna gets more upfront money, which is really great for an undrafted free agent. He's probably can buy him a Tesla now. Good for Puna. Uh, I think that's just the car all the late round guys are going to buy now. You see Travis Homer bought one? Yeah. yeah they did. It's a six round pick. Yeah, bought, yep. him, bought himself uh, a Tesla. Uh, I like the Puna move, though. I think I everyone do. likes the Puna Ford move. He he showed his worth. Uh, and the yeah. Seahawks did the right thing by getting him now and not letting him test the market because someone would pay top dollar for this guy easily. Well, you know what I was also afraid of, too? Um, and I hinted at it, but um, I was kind of, af- not afraid, but I did think this is a scenario, speaking of things on the table with Puna. So Puna was recruited by um, Urban Meyer, although he chose Texas, but he was recruited by Urban Meyer and he was also recruited by Charlie Strong, who he chose to go play for at Texas. Charlie is the assistant head coach at at Jacksonville and, and Urban Jeez. Meyer is the head coach, obviously, with the Jaguars. So I was thinking that if you're the Jags and you have pick like 45 and you have pick 33 in like the second round, if Seahawks would have put a second round tender on Puna and you really like Puna, who's 25, if, you, if you're willing to outbid the Seahawks and give extend an offer that they don't match. Sure. We'll give you pick 45 for Puna Ford, like at 25 years old, making 
probably a similar deal, maybe a little bit more than this, maybe like two years. And instead the guarantees are like 10 mil instead of seven and a half. Like he's a Jaguar. So then (laughs) it's basically a trade. You're trading Puna for a second round pick. Um, I could have seen the Seahawks doing that. Mm. And I could have seen a team like Jacksonville with two people who have liked Puna previously, yep. who I'm sure didn't like him any less now that he's good. <laughs> I was well. like, ooh. I didn't put the snail out there, but that in my head, I was it's out there that, now. Well, now he's already he's signed. signed. So yeah. it's, I don't feel like I'm speaking Bad into juju. existence. <laughs> yeah, nah, he's here now. Glad to have, glad to have Puna. Because I still think even then when he's 27 at the end of this deal, yeah. he's probably going to still, still be balling. Cash in. Speaking of connections, Gerald Everett, he's in town. Shane Waldron comes to Seattle. They're like, you want to get your tight end? Because you guys use the tight end position pretty well when you were with this, I almost said San Francisco, when you guys with the Rams. How about yep. we, we sign Gerald Everett to a one-year deal worth up to six mil or six mil guaranteed, possible making seven million. It's a solid move there. The tight end room is full now. Well, they got three guys. You three, got four. So Kobe, you got Will, Kobe, Gerald, and who's the other guy? The There's young somebody dude? on a futures deal. I can't remember. <laughs> young fella. The, the I kid know from that. Maryland. He went to Maryland. I know that's it. Uh, Tyler May- Mayberry. Mayberry. Yep. Yeah. Mayberry. Excuse me. Let's, that's let's him. go. Ahead. Yep. I'm sorry, Tyler. We got your name wrong. But uh, yeah, it's a solid pickup. I don't really see the CRs going heavy tight end. Very much as well. The Seahawks could also go to a two tight end situation where they want to run the ball more. That could be a I part of it. I definitely see that happening. And, and based on what we're seeing, Gerald Everett is a guy that they ran the ball quite a bit with when he was with the Rams. That's a possibility there. Did a lot of play action. Gerald Everett's comfortable with Shane. Again, they worked together last season. It's a solid fit. I don't have any problem with it. I know money wise, you weren't too you weren't too thrilled because it reminds you of Greg Olson, although Gerald's a lot younger. And maybe there's some upside there. So uh, here's my thing. Man, <laughs> I'm about to sound like the Grinch that stole the tight end room here. Uh, so I do, I do think that the reaction to the Gerald Everett signing was a lot more positive than I would have imagined considering the Greg Olson experiment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because it's the same contract. Same thing. Yes, it's a one-year, $7 million deal. with $6 million guaranteed up to And didn't up to he seven. have one touchdown? It was either uh, Atlanta? Who? Greg. Uh, last year? Yeah. Uh, I forget who. I think, yeah, he scored week one and never that, scored that, again. <laughs> the touchdowns don't matter as much to me you. as just like, I just thought that was interesting. Like, regardless of what I thought, I was just like, hmm, we just saw the one-year, $7 million thing go south, and now everyone's like, Yes. We did it again. Just maybe it's an age thing, like you said. He's younger. He's younger. Upside. Who knows? So there's that. There. The other thing is, I do think, and I might have mentioned this on the show. I'm a caution, people. I think I said this last show, show too. I think it is unwise to assume that because Shane Waldron did things in Los Angeles, that he is going to do those exact things in Seattle, because. Whether you are the pass game coordinator in Los Angeles or the offensive coordinator in Seattle, your job is the same. Do what the boss says, right? Like that's just kind of the general role when you're the coordinator. Do or when you're working under people in those capacities, do what boss says. You think we don't know necessarily that Shane Waldron was doing whatever concepts they were doing because that's what Shane Waldron likes or because that's what Sean McVay said to do, right? Put it this way. The Jacksonville Jaguars aren't um they're not like for so shoddy did a run first offense in 2018 2019 right when he was with seattle 
the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't like getting him thinking, well, because they ran the ball a lot there. That's what they're going to do here. No, man. Brian's like, I did what Pete said to do because he was the boss. So we can't really necessarily read his mind. Now, he's been an OC and given a lot more interviews and insight into his thinking, whereas Shane, we're going in with more of a blank slate. But you get my point. So I think that whenever people come over here from the Rams, whether they sign like, who's the center you like, Blythe? Yeah. Whether they sign him or or Everett or whoever, there's this assumption that like, oh, it worked in Los Angeles, so it'll work here because we're going to do the same things they did in Los Angeles. Um, like, shout out to the, uh, the homie Sam Gold, had him on the show, used to do stuff for us at The Athletic, did a great film breakdown of Shane Waldron and how he could just bring the Seahawks to life. Like if Pete allows it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I wanted to, there's like a huge caveat there. It's like, that's operating under the assumption. It's great work by Sam. Everyone should go check it out. I think it's on Phil goals. Uh, I think like go check it out. But the entire idea is based on the assumption that he's going to just have autonomy to do what the hell he wants here. And that's just, that is just not how it works. Being the Seahawks offensive coordinator. I think that's been well documented. So to bring that back to Gerald, like, for example, the best stat that I found about Gerald is that I think in 2020, maybe this might be over the course of his career, but he is like third in among tight ends in yards after catch per reception, which is a really good stat because that's something the Seahawks need, right? It means if I give you the ball, you do good things. But how much is he going to get the ball? <laughs> well, how much does yards after catch ever mattered up here? Right. And how yeah. much and how much of that is just a product of McVeigh because he needed to do that because he knew Jared, if he threw it too far down the field, it would land in the other team's hands, <laughs> you know, where you don't have to worry about that with Russ. Like whether it was Bevel or Shoddy, yards after the catch has never been part of the scheme. Right. And whether that's a, so that leads me to believe it's a, a product of two, one of two things, if not both P. Carroll or Russ. And correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, both of them are still on the payroll. Right? So I don't think anyone who like masters yak is going to like translate all those skills on a plane to SeaTac International and bring them here. So I'm naturally pessimistic, not pessimistic. Is that pessimistic? Skeptic. Skeptical. I'm skeptical of anyone on the Rams who has success in that system thinking it's going to just naturally translate. Um, not because I want to be a jerk, but I feel like those are valid reasons. You know, like Seattle situation is very unique and that the OC does not have autonomy. The head coach wants to do things a very specific way and that the flaws that Seattle's had offensively are a part of internal drama that we've talked about on the show and we will talk about a little bit today and B related to the head coach and the quarterback, both of whom are still here. Yeah, that just goes to the point of Gerald's going to be out there blocking. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I Run wanted, blocking, excuse I wanted me. to look at like some routes and stuff for him. I wanted to do a film say, oh, man, I bet they have him blocking. Yeah. $6 million for a blocker. That's that's what it sounded. That's why I mentioned, hey, he might be here with Will Disley, two, in, two tight end packages, and they're just running eye formation and stretch plays. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for him. He's really here to bolster up the running game because at the end of the season, Pete made it very clear, we got to be better at running the football. Which I do agree with. Oh, I yeah. definitely agree with that. But you part also need an O line. You need to have things that work alongside that. Those are there are other there's other intangibles to make this work. It's not just run better and that's all there is. You gotta do a bunch of other things. Hey, make Russ happy. That would help. Uh yeah, that's so uh, I looked up the yards of their catch per reception. 
dang, it's he's only sixth. Oh, but that makes sense. Like one of these dudes is from the Chargers and only played eight games, and another dude is from the Vikings, only played six games. So of like guys who actually, you know, played uh, enough games, I guess I should filter the stat out. But I'm too lazy to do that while we're recording. Um, George <laughs> Kittle is number one. Noah Fant number two. Vance McDonald number four. Or number yeah number three and then uh, Gerald Everett. So Gerald Everett basically, long story short, if you put the ball in his hands, he does good things with it. But is that a product of Gerald Everett's skill set, or is that a product of the scheme? A little bit of both. Um, I'm sure he's just good with his good with the ball in his hands, regardless of who's throwing it to him and what scheme he's in. But like again, how much of that actually translates? So I don't know. Uh, I just don't because we don't know much about Shane and what he's going to do and how much autonomy he has and what the hell is going to happen with the quarterback. I just there's a lot. That factors into this, but it has potential to be good. I don't, I don't doubt the talent. Um, a little skeptical at a price tag. Um, good for Gerald, but I think he's what he's now the like the second highest paid pass catcher on the team. No, <laughs> I think I, I think that's correct. I'm pretty sure it goes Tyler than him. Is are is his yeah. is his usage in the passing game going to reflect that? That's what I would like to know. I would put ten thousand dollars. Says no, Mike. What say you? What say you? So I definitely don't think he's going to be their second most targeted player. So that won't be the case. Uh, <laughs> won't be their second uh, uh, highest guy in catches or receiving, receiving touchdowns yards, yep. or receiving touchdowns or probably not yards, yards either. Yeah. yeah. So you're looking at third at best, which isn't bad. Um, but if that's talking, your number three guy, we're talking a huge drop though. We're not talking 300 receiving yards. He might be 250, 275. I might get. I don't know what he averages usually, but well, well it's not what he averages. He's in a new. He's in. Yeah, a, that's the thing. The, 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 it's not very. The, the stats we have are not very predictive. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I don't. I think that it. Um, they're done with tight ends for the off season though. Like that should be unless you're going in the undrafted route. Like don't use any of your draft picks. Don't spend any more money. Like this is it. This is your move. I think it's good. Uh, it can be. It can be. I don't hate it. I, I don't. I don't hate. It. That's like the best way I can work around that. We got any other moves they did? No, that's all of them. Oh no, we forgot, of, we forgot the trade. We oh, we did miss <laughs> Gabe Jackson. Probably the biggest, the most important yeah, deal and, they've and done. The, and post it coming back too. We'll get, we'll get to that. Um, Gabe Jackson. Um, I don't think this has been confirmed yet, but I have uh, got it confirmed. Actually, I think we should mention that the Puna deal is confirmed, right? Akilo just got announced today. Joe Everett is not been confirmed. I don't think, um, but I forget who reported that. I feel good about that one. Oh, he tweeted it. That's right. Gerald Everett's and he's all over his Instagram thanking and <laughs> saying thank you to people who are selling congrats. All right. So that one's official pretty much. Uh, let's see. Ethan Postick's confirmed. Nick Ballore has been announced. Okay. I think the only ones left is Gabe Jackson. So that was the biggest one. Yeah. That one's not announced, uh, but I can confirm uh, that one. So if you guys need that, I've been confirming a lot of stuff. And breaking stuff. There we go. I got one this week. Take that, Shepard. They call it the mic bomb? Yeah. Uh, no, someone tweeted and said, uh, mic drop. Mic drop. That's what it that's is. That's fire. That is. That is fire. Shout out to whoever suggested that. So, anyway, uh, the Raiders are destroying their offensive line because <laughs> John up. Gruden's an idiot. Uh, and so is Mike Mayock. And so he didn't get rust, so he doesn't give a damn. So, basically, what's <laughs> going on in Vegas is the Raiders... Basically cut all of their good line <laughs> or traded them. I saw Deshaun's tweet. I was like, oh, this is not pretty. Yeah, no. So basically, um, they traded Trent Brown, their right tackle. They cut their, or they were going to cut Rodney Hudson, their center, and they were going to cut Gabe Jackson, their right guard, and they cut Richie Incognito and brought him back. Um, but for a while there, it was like very clear they were going to dump most of their offensive line. And then John Gruden and Mike Mayock got smart and realized, huh, 
Maybe we shouldn't cut them. Maybe we should trade, trade them <laughs> and get something for them. Ended up going from cutting Rodney Hudson to getting a third-round pick for Rodney Hudson. That's a huge difference. Um, so he got traded to Arizona. For what it's worth, if Seahawks fans are curious, I do not believe that Seattle was ever in the running for Rodney, whether he got cut or was traded. It's my understanding that if he got cut, he was going to Arizona, and if he was going to get traded, he was going to Arizona. Like, it was just a done de- He likes the desert. I don't know. Like, that's just <laughs> his bag is the desert, apparently. That's Rodney Hudson's move. No rain? Uh, uh, no rain, very cheap property. Like, he's probably going to live like a king uh, in, in Arizona. He's probably living like a king in Vegas. So, Gabe Jackson's very similar. They were going to cut him. Um, and I do think this was more of a free-for-all, but the Seahawks uh, wisely, um, I would say, say, hey, man, Screw the 2021 draft. <laughs> we want you. We need an upgrade <laughs> on a line, man. Big time. So I do I do like the move. He played right tackle the last five seasons and left tackle for 2014 and 2015. So either he's going to have to move or Damian Lewis moves uh, to the left. Do you have a preference, Chris? No, either or. Damian showed yeah. that he can play. That's all that matters. Right. Gabe can play. Get him out there. See what they can do. Whatever works best. Let's spin with it. It's that simple. Yeah. So I like it. He didn't give up a sack uh, last year, um, I don't think. Is that right? No, he was zero. Yeah. And so that was the difference between him and Ipati. Yep, Ipati gave up one. Right. To according, be picky. To, according to True Media, um, which really, I don't know how many people use True Media. That's where I get a lot of my stats from, if you guys can read uh, my articles on The Athletic. Like, the great thing about True Media is, like, they have the stats like that, like how many sacks allowed. Yep. Because I think they use, they're, like, they're connected with PFF somehow. So they're, numbers are very similar or if not exactly the same and there's a hyperlink and it's connected to game pass so like you say one sack i can click on the one and shows boom you. it shows me to play so like the sack to iupati is credited for giving up is like a line stunt i think um i guess the giants which if i was to if we had video on the show i would definitely show it and be like hmm is that really on him like it's one of those um but you could say it is say it isn't but anyway the i think i like the presser percentage number a little bit better because that takes into account like like Mike Ayupati played not that many snaps I don't think last year because of the injuries and stuff but their pressure rates um, were about the same it was like 4.4 so he's probably a better player overall Gabe is than Mike Ayupati so I do like that and he's available uh, yeah and the problem is price tag oh yeah 9.6 million <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> the Seahawks can't afford that. That was a thud. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Hold on. I reached out to the homie, to Sean Reed, who covers the Raiders um, for us at The Athletic. So my understanding is they're going to have to, and Sean didn't tell me this, to be clear, but they're going to have to restructure this deal. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't <laughs> know how necessarily. doesn't matter. We'll figure that out later. We need him now. <laughs> well, okay. So it has to be an extension, I think. Right, because he's what twenty nine, and I think he turns thirty this summer. So, assuming this is his age thirty season, they're gonna have to extend him. Because even if you were to do something like I'm gonna get real nerdy in the math here, even if you were to convert some of his um, base salary into a signing bonus and like try to spread that out, you're only spreading it out over two years. So you're you're still you're still in the same issue. You're saving like a little bit of cash, not not enough to to like. Uh, make that big of a difference. So I think they're going to have to extend him, convert his salary into a, like, let's say they were to do something like extend him and then convert 
most of his money into uh, a signing bonus and spread it out over four years. So they add two years to the deal. Then you can like cut up his signing bonus into fourths and then ex- ex- spread, uh, spread it out that way. So maybe you do something like that. Either way, Chris, they can't afford this. No. <laughs> Between all of these moves, so here, here I am with some numbers. Ready for some math, Chris? Man, I'm really not, but I have no? it all in front of me. Let's do it. Okay. So after cutting Carlos Dunlap, they were at about 18.5. Let's go according, 19. According to, no, it's 18.5. 18.5? 18.5, okay. according to Over the Cap. Damn, here we go. So I think that we got to factor in Alex Collins, because where they re-signed him. How That's much like, is this? One and a half? Uh, these are all cap hits that I'm going to read out, or yep. try to say at the top of my head, because I'm an idiot and didn't write it all down. Uh, 850000 Okay, so just under a mil. Okay. Yeah, so then you have to add it. You have to subtract another 2.6 for Puna, and then you have to subtract another, um, another four. Okay, we're at like... For thirteen twelve for a for a kilo, and we have to cut down another nine point six. They're down to three million now. We're, and then you have to cut out another like one point seven for Belor. And Give then or take one and a half million. Now cut six for Joe Everett. Oh, okay. Good luck. We're in the red now. Okay, <laughs> so some restructuring has to be done, and I think I'm. And then that includes. Um, I don't think that includes the exclusive rights tender guys. But long story short, that's a lot of. That's a lot of bread that they've spent. So my guess is we're going to find out, hopefully not while we're recording, fingers crossed, that they've restructured Russ's deal, which I believe I can confirm they do not need Russ's okay on. That's not one of those like, hey, Russ, we can, can we restructure your deal? No. It's one of those, Russ, we have restructured your deal. <laughs> The PDF is being sent your way. <laughs> it's done. You've already signed, brothers. Just letting you know. I, I believe Bobby's deal is similar. Okay. I believe that they don't need permission to move money around. If they wanted to add years and stuff, that's a little different. But if you wanted to move money around, I think you can do it automatically. But either way, I think it benefits Bobby and Russ because you get the money up front. You know, money that was going to come to you later, you get it now. So I think they should be doing that. Those should be the first two. And then the other one, like if they don't want to extend Tyler, they want to let him play it out. They want to let Quandre play their deals out. That's that's fine. I would disagree with that, but that's fine. You got to extend Jamal. You got to extend Get Jamal Adams. You got to extend Jamal Adams. Uh, and Chris, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I saw the Shaquille Barrett deal. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I wasn't worried about the, um. What, who was the safety that just got paid today? Justin Simmons. Yes. And he got 16 mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never even cared about the safety market because Jamal doesn't consider himself a safety. Yeah, so yeah. it was irrelevant to me. What he said, he told Colin Coward or whoever was like, I'm a I'm weapon. A weapon. <laughs> I'm a weapon. He should get that on shirts. I'm a weapon. You know how he hashtag prayers after everything? Yeah, like hashtag even, I'm a weapon. Yeah, just oh. hashtag I'm a weapon. Yeah. that Because, man, that tells you that he wants to get paid. Oh, yeah. So Shaquille got about Barrett. That is not Griffin. Got, what, 17? A year with a chance to make eighteen a year, I think, if he if he hits some sack numbers, which he probably will. That's like top ten pass rusher money. I could see Jamal Adams considering himself. Well, he's a three time Pro Bowler, all pro all pro talent, broke the DB sack record in what twelve games, nine games. Unheard of. Break it. <laughs> I believe he can easily view himself as a top 10 pass rusher in this league. I could see him viewing himself that way and then valuing that, hey, even if I'm not great at covering, which I believe that Jamal believes he is, whether my opinion is irrelevant, if you factor in Jamal considers himself able to cover, stop the run, which he can, and get to the quarterback at a top 10 level, 
irregardless of what position he plays, that's 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 twenty million. I was about to say we are starting the conversation at dub. Anything yeah. under that, I don't want to hear it. You got You got to. You got to do it. Now, if you're Seattle, you can. That would make Jamal your second highest paid player on the team. Worth it. Which, sure. Twenty four <laughs> year old, twenty four, twenty five year old Pro Bowl safety. Sure, that can be. Your no, not a safety, Mike. Weapon. weapon. My bad. My bad. Weapon. Right. <laughs> you got a twenty five year old weapon on the team. I got you right. Got to correct me on that. I'm. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that uh, because then you can spread the money out, and I think you can save up to about seven million dollars on a deal on a restructuring Jamal and you should you have to you can't trade those all those picks for him for nothing <laughs> and then let him walk or play the franchise tag game with him I mean you can it's a risky game okay I'm up this is this is the last move we gotta talk about right before we get into we don't got nothing we got anything to say about the Posick thing no he's a veteran center good for it's a good move it's I don't know if it improves the old line but it's a solid move they brought him back Cool. Yeah. What's next? Three mil. Yeah, sure. Um, if he does the veteran exemption thing that they can do, it's like one mil. So great. Good for whatever. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But what they really have to do, like, and Chris, I'm sure you probably agree with me on this. They got to excuse me, they got to extend Jamal Adams, right? Like he's, they traded two picks for him. They have to make that happen this offseason. Got to get it done. It's something that is precedent. There's other options on the table, but getting your weapon Taken care of. Uh, oh, oh, God oh. damn it, Chris. Not again. No. <laughs> you already know what I'm about to say. You already know what I'm about to say. While we're recording, right now, right now, Chris, I want you to, so the people so the people can see, you can see how, the, whether the Seahawks love oh, us. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I'm going a, I'm to a show you. I want Chris, I want you to grab my phone <laughs> and I want you to read the first sentence of this tweet right here. Go ahead. Just read it for the people so they know. Well, Tom Pelissero, the Seahawks are re-signing running back Chris Carson to a two-year deal worth up to $14.6 million per source. Unbelievable. What did we just talk about? The good news is, Mike, we don't have to go back and do anything. No, no, we're not going to re. No, we're going to live right here with the people. No, we're just going to freestyle it. Freestyle it. No, that's fine. 
That's wow. Fine. That's how we're that's how, that's how we're gonna do it. You know, because the Seahawks again, as we said to open the show, they don't love us. But we're not gonna we know we're not gonna redo it. We're not gonna do it. I don't want to. I cannot. Let's just pivot. What were we, ta- we were talking about Jamal. Sorry, Jamal. We have to move on. We have to <laughs> <laughs> bigger news. Yeah. What's, what did they do? Uh, how did the newscasters do? We have breaking news coming out of Seattle right now. We should have had. No, that's cool. We don't we don't need one of those. Um. So now, Chris, we're freestyling a little bit. They have re-signed uh, Chris Carson, and I'm able to confirm it now. That's one I really wanted to break. I wanted to get that one in Shaquille, but that's okay. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that. My phone, yeah, is going crazy now. Yes, that part of the process. Yeah, that, that's that's confirmed. Um, I can confirm that. Um, can also let's see what else I said. I'm like I, I usually don't read my phone while we're recording because I don't. You know, it's a distraction. You're right. <laughs> now it's like pertinent because it's like, I mean, everyone's known the details by now, but I mean, we're doing this thing like basically live. So I like that. So it looks like Chris. So in addition to it's a two year deal, two year right? deal. but there's a third avoidable year as well to help with the contract or help like the cap number. I don't know Chris's cap number. It looks like, hold on. I'm like reading this right. Like, this is like real. I feel like uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, 6.9 million in year one. Or up to six point nine, five point five guaranteed. So that's what the so five point five guaranteed in year one, with incentives that can push it to six point nine. Okay, so that's probably like I don't have time to text back, but that's probably <laughs> like uh, run not carries, but probably like yards or makes the Pro Bowl or All Pro or you know touchdowns or something like that or staying healthy. I don't know, but okay. First first impression. People usually don't get my first impression live like this. Um. I knew all off season that Pete Carroll had made it very clear to John Schneider and Matt Thomas, who is a salary cap guru, um, is a specialist nerdy dude that they have in the building that crunches all the numbers. He had made it very clear to them that one of his priorities this off season was getting Chris Carson back. Now I know Pete kind of says that about every guy, right? He loves every guy, wants everybody back. Like he wanted Shaquille back, right? But this off season in particular, because of how it went, he really wanted Chris back. Like Chris being back was urgent. It was like, yo, guys, do whatever you have to do to get number 32 back on this team because we're going to run the football better in 2021. We're going to run it more in 2021. And we cannot do that to my liking without Chris. So I knew that they were adamant about getting this done. This was a very important deal to them. I think Greg Bell of the Tacoma News Tribune acts after the season when Pete was telling us, oh, run, 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 run. Greg was like, so that means Chris is a priority or a top priority. Pete said, no, not necessarily. Pete lied. Damn that, all that. Yeah, no, they, he lied to us. No, that was. He made that a priority to his team. And by team, I mean like the front office people with him said, go get me Chris. Whatever you got to do, go get me Chris. Right, no, that's, this is probably a week-long negotiation this past week to get Chris uh, back. So... I'm not surprised that they got it done in that regard. The numbers themselves even don't surprise me from Seattle's view because what's that? What's that average out to? I know you don't like doing math like I don't. What's that, 7.3? 7.47 something. Yeah. yeah, so, and that's worth up to. That's including staying healthy and probably hitting some other, like being a Pro Bowl guy or whatever. I haven't seen the exact incentives yet, obviously. I'm, we're hurting for some text back here uh, to get some more details on that. But... So the numbers doesn't surprise me from Seattle's view necessarily. Chris, I know, wanted more. Tested the market. Chris wanted Chris wanted to this is how Chris Carson's thing went, right? So he's a seventh round pick. I forget who he signed with. He signed with some gentleman uh, out of Oklahoma State. Like as a seventh round pick, probably a lower level agent because that's who signs seventh round picks. 
that guy, he switched. Chris switched from that guy to Octagon football, which represents him now. Octagon is very big. They have football, basketball, WNBA, wrestling, MMA. They rep a bunch of people. So it's a bigger agency. He switched to them, I think, in October or July. Or excuse me, or July or August. Meaning, like, I'm going to get paid. These guys are going to get me paid. He entered this year wanting, like, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon money, which I believe was, like, $12 million a year. And those are guys in his draft class. Like, I want to get paid like them as good as them. That's what he was thinking. And so after the year he had, he came out of it kind of like, I want to at least make more than like Melvin Gordon, who I believe was like two years, 16. So I'm pretty sure Chris was after the year, like, all right, I didn't get what I wanted, but let's go with, let's try to get 10. Let's try to get 10 a year. Clearly that did not materialize, which is not a surprise. Like if, if, if Chris is surprised about that, if the people at Octagon are surprised about that, I'm not totally just because guys, when they try to go to another team as a running back, they don't get paid. Who's done that really recently? Le'Veon is the only one. And the guy who signed that deal got fired. And then Le'Veon lasted a, a year and a half. Yeah. Barely no. that, so yeah, yeah. So that getting paid as a running back by another team is not going to happen, I don't think, in the near future at all. I mean, even Aaron Jones, who just killed it in 2021, had to re he re-signed with his own team. Right, to get paid. So and he did get Joe Mixon money, I believe, um, at a 12 minute year. So that part, I'm sure, is a little um, disappointing on Octagon's side, though I believe Chris's deal is worth more than Kenyon Drake's deal. And so there's a big, there's something to be said for those guys um, for saying we signed the highest paid free agent running back this year. Because that's good for marketing and promotion if you're going to go get more running backs in the draft or whatever. I think uh, Shaquille Griffin's people, I think it's exclusive sports group, they can say the same thing. Shaquille Griffin's the highest paid cornerback of this free agent class. He made more than William Jackson, who was the other guy. But beyond all that, actually, before I say my other point, what do you, what do you think? What do you think? I'm sorry, it I got to let you talk. No, nah, you're good. It was, to your point, it was something that, Pete really wanted, and you always say, "Damn all that." When things go awry, go I can't say the word. Awry? awry. Is that what you, there, there you go. go. When things go awry, damn all that. Pete literally lied, as you said. Oh yeah, he's not a priority. We'll 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 get to that road. Oh, but it was a big lie because no, he knew. He looked at the running back room, and you knew what you wanted to do, which was run better. You got to have Chris Carson there. I just I think it would be a much more of a challenge to try to put the load on. A rookie, unless you can go out there and find a needle in the haystack. Which you that, could. You could, but how many running backs were left, per se, that could actually handle the load that Pete likes to offer the running back, where they're getting 15 touches and it's all physical. And your O-line isn't the greatest. You're getting hit in the backfield. You have to create on your... How many times have we seen Carson create on his own? Make something out of nothing. One yard ends up being seven, and he ran hard for those seven. It wasn't he made one do miss. No, he ran over about three, four players before he got that those seven yards. Because that's what you got to do in this scheme. Exactly. You got to run hard. And that's the type of running back that Pete would be looking for. And there wasn't that many. Leonard Fournette was out there, but his yards per carry was only at 3.9 for his career. That's not a lot compared to what Chris has been doing. Last year was the off year. He was banged up, couldn't really find the field and stay healthy. But even then... I Pete, think Chris had a really good year last year for what it's worth. I hear you on that. He could have had a better year if he was on the field more. Well, yeah. Nah, he was, that was his, his downfall, the fact that he wasn't healthy. He was efficient as hell. When he yeah. touched the ball, he was dynamite, which is why Pete was like, we have to have 
Carson back. His efficiency was through the roof in 2020. One of the most efficient backs of 2020, and for Pete's sure. saying, if this dude plays 16 games, oh my goodness, we're sitting on a gold mine. And that's going to go to his point of run the ball better, run the ball more, and hopefully we're back in the Super Bowl competing for a championship. And Chris Carson was a huge piece to that. And I'm sure Russell Wilson is happy that he's back because that's someone who he believes in, who he trusts in, a guy that's going to touch the ball and create something. And that's what the Seahawks wanted to do, and they got it done. Don't know how they did it, but they did it. Well, so, yeah, I think they could have, in theory, let's say that they're planned on being like a 7 out of 10 in terms of their run game. Well, they plan on being a 10, but let's say they were, <laughs> let's say like realistically like a seven or an eight. I think they could have still reached that level if you sign like a Fournette or something like that and you get better up front because I think the line is a little bit more important in terms of the run game than the back itself. Not to say the backs are totally irrelevant. We've talked about that uh, on this show. So I, I, but I do agree that if you just like added a rookie, depending on who the rookie was, if you added a rookie who's probably going to be have to be in the fourth round or later because. Do not spend your second round pick on a running back. So you you would have had a fourth or seventh or fifth or sixth round running back, Rashad, Travis, DJ, and I'm missing someone, Alex Collins. You can get it done with that group. I just I would have. Mm. I don't. I'm not sold on it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent like this group can get it done. But now you bring back Carson. Okay, I'm he's a, healthy. I'm a hundred percent with it. I'm a little curious though about. I I do want to see, and this is where the other point I was going to say. I wanted to see what Rashad looked like as the guy because he's a first-round pick as a running back. I wanted to see what he looked looked like as the guy. Re-signing, the urgency with which they re-signed Chris Carson is an admission that the Rashad Penny pick was bad. It is not an admission from us or any fans or any other media. Plenty of people have called Rashad a bust or said the pick was bad when it happened the year, you know, his first year, his second year, whatever. It's not even about us for a second. Just the, the team... This is Pete Carroll, John Snyder admitting this pick was not good enough. It wasn't even good enough for us to give him a year. They never even, Chris is going to, or excuse me, Rashad is going to spend his entire rookie contract backing up Chris Carson. Rashad, a first round pick, is going to spend his entire rookie contract backing up a seventh round pick. That, from the front office's standpoint, is bad. Like, I don't think that means, I'm not saying anything to, like, my personal opinion on Rashad's talent or Chris's talent or whatever. I'm seriously looking at this from a front office view. That is bad. That's a bad use of resources. Your first round pick should be a dog. Should be, like, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> really productive, <laughs> pro bowler, starter. Your first, that's, that's the baseline. Your first round pick should be a starter. That's why you bring him in to yeah. make a difference. <laughs> yeah, right away. He doesn't have to start right away necessarily, but he should be. But year he, two, he should be a starter. Kick return, punt return. He's making a difference somewhere on that somewhere, field. Somewhere, yes. That's why you're dropping in the first one to your point. Yeah. So, and I, I don't. This is if you now if we want to like okay happy for Chris because Chris's story is one that's like really easy to root for. Chris is a humble dude. He's he's really frugal like I am. You know he really wanted to earn all this money to like buy a house for his family. His family home burnt down while he was at junior college. Like all the great for Chris, great for Chris. This is a very bad look for the franchise in terms of their roster construction. You overreacted, and this is Pete to when they couldn't run the ball in 2017. He overreacted and took a running back in the first round. It was a very bad idea. It was a bad idea the day it happened, but, like, how many years later are we? Four. That was in 20, yeah. 
now it's even worse. So I don't know if Pete's going to learn that lesson from this. He should. And that dude, you can find a running back whenever. You found your guy in the seventh. seventh. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, the Packers found their guy in the fifth. You know, you can find another dude. You don't have, I mean, like the the Jags let Fournette go, and their new top running back is a dude they picked undrafted, right? I think it's in James Robinson or something. Like, you can do it. Everyone was talking about how the, the Dolphins were going to be like a team that could use a running back. Like, they were rumored to report to talk to Chris. They didn't talk to Chris, but... They have Miles Gaskin. They have Savan Ahmed. They have another dude. I can't remember the name. Like, those are all late-round picks or undrafted in Ahmed's case. That's cool. Fix your own line and you'll be fine. Like, there's better resource allocation there. Like, even even going to second round, like, Chubb, I think, is a little high. But, like, I think there have been two clear examples. This is to go big picture. Uh, I know it's a Seahawks podcast. But two examples this offseason, I think, of poor resource allocation as it pertains to running backs. So the Seattle example we just mapped out. And then I would use Green Bay as well. Like, if you're Green Bay, you got Aaron Jones going into a contract year and Jamal Williams. So you draft A.J. Dillon. I don't know what pick he was, but he was a second-round pick. I do know that. You let you have AJ, you have Aaron and Jamal. They, go, they hit free agency. And then you pay Aaron right after you put a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon. That's a bad allocation of resources. Even if Aaron Jones is a lot better, is he $12 million better than A.J. Dillon? Mm. And you let your all-pro center walk to sign your running back? Ah, so I don't, from, I, I, so like I'm going to put on my fan hat for a second. Really great for Chris. Getting to cover Chris for two more years. Um, it's going to be great. Put on my GM hat. What the hell are y'all doing? <laughs> Man, I should use different voices for those. Uh, no? It's okay. Can they tell everyone, the different everyone, hats? Everyone gets it, I think. Yeah. Does that make sense, though? It does. It's it's a little troubling because, like, if you... Th- I'll put it this way, too. Think about it from, like, the cornerback spot. They fought for Shaq. They were going to give Shaq some bread. Jacksonville was like, we'll give him more. And they bowed out. Right? That's how it worked. Cool. But they ultimately felt comfortable moving on from Shaq because of the guys they had behind Shaq. They knew they could go get a Witherspoon. They knew they had DJ Reed. They knew they had Trey Flowers. They probably have another move in the works or are comfortable hitting the draft. They weren't even that comfortable behind Chris. They're like, we got to get this dude. We can't let him walk. We can't. Our other options stink, which includes the guys that are currently on the roster. That is, that's, that's an indictment of their roster construction that they have taken a running back in each of the last Three drafts, so that's all after Chris, right? They took Penny, Homer, and DJ Dallas. And none of those dudes were groomed to be ready to be the guy. That's really bad. I don't know if that should blame that more on John or more on Pete. I know Pete has final say, but beyond this being a really good move for Chris and the offense is going to be able to run the ball really well in 2021, like I imagine them having like a top 10 running game in 2021, like all that is very obvious. The other part of this that we do got to get to is the fact that, yo, y'all really just whiffed in three straight uh, running back selections, you know, for 2018, 19, and 20. And that's another reason why this team is in a, a tough spot now. Like, imagine if they'd have took, you know, an, an extra pass rusher in 2019 instead of Homer. Imagine if they'd have took a, a, an extra, you know, lineman in the fourth round instead of DJ Dallas. Like, Maybe maybe those guys would have stunk too. Who knows? But I think that it was easy to predict 
that those picks could have they, that those guys would not be groomed in time to be take over as the guy. Like even a DJ Dallas should be ready to be the dude in year two. At this rate, the way running backs go, so I man, I kind of just took a shit on the whole Chris Carson signing, didn't I? That's not no, good. No, you pointed out the facts in the situation. You have someone that they drafted a few years back, first round pick. And you even said it last year a couple of times. I don't know, Chris, if I like my first round pick being a backup. Why go out and get him? And now it hits home when they're able to re-sign Chris Carson because they need their guy. They're not comfortable with anyone else. They got to bring him back. And they made that quite apparent. But the good news is they should be able to run better. And if there are mistakes, if the old line isn't what it is, what it needs to be or what Pete wants it to be, Chris Carson is able to make some of that up because of his physical running style. The only question mark is health. And I'm not talking banged up. I'm talking serious injury where he's out for a week or two, missing games that the Seahawks could use his services because he is a talented running back in this league. I mean, hell, the dude flipped over a player, landed it, and kept running. That was a great play. That's the type of physicality and explosiveness he brings. And you don't have that with DJ. Travis tries, but he also gets blown up way too often. Well, I don't think he has the, the size to make that. There you go. He's, he's more of a enough. speed guy. Good pass protector, though. Like that's Well, he's the best. Uh, yeah. He, no. plays his ro- he plays his role very well. But Pete needs his bell cow. He needs a guy that he can hand the ball over and over again. He might lose four yards here, but on this next play, he's going to get 10. And you know what? I think this is probably the last thing on Chris before we move on to some other topics. Um I do think this is confirmation. I mean, I already had it, like, behind the scenes, and I think I mentioned it on the show. This is confirmation that Pete Ball is the thing in 2021. If you haven't noticed. <laughs> it's, 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 you don't pay Chris that to let Russ cook. You don't. You don't pay Chris that money, which isn't really a ton, but it is a ton for a running back. You don't pay that to let Russ cook. You pay that to let Carson cook. Carson's in the kitchen now. You know, that's, that's just kind of how it is. They've swapped. Russ, Russ had all that apron and, and utensil stuff with the let Russ cook that he was. Nope. You got to you gotta sell that. You know where they, you know how like they ship uh, the other team that loses the championship, that loses the Super Bowl, they send the shirts to the kids in Africa. Like a bunch of kids in somewhere and probably wearing a bunch of Chiefs 2021 championship shirts. Let you know, Russ why, cook shirts. Yeah, <laughs> them let Russ cook shirts. Go ahead and then ship them off to wherever over there and replace it. Carson Cooks or whatever, we got to think of something else because that's this confirms at least in my mind and i can probably make some calls to really 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 set it in stone but this i'm very confident in it pete ball is back chris carson is back and that is great but pete it means pete ball is back too so like you're ready for a bunch of run a bunch of running plays I and, I, say. and yeah I, we've talked about how that caps the ceiling of the team i think but ultimately it is good for chris so happy for him um and that's good for the offense was still like they had a good offense in 2019 and 2018 when they were doing that i just don't think that they won a championship off that with this defense as currently constructed which is a good segue into some of the things that they still have to do still because they're not they, yeah. yeah they're not done no, like they we talked a little bit about how they got to free up some money. Like that's that's obvious. We talked about that. You can cross off the running back list. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that wasn't on my list. I was like, screw that. But now on defense, Ooh. they still got to do the cornerback thing. Start with a pass rush, though. Oh, Something, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's the biggest thing, because if no one up for can get pressure on here on the quarterback. It's going to be tough to cover, even if it is cover three. Who are their, run- who are their pass rushers right now? Give me the top <laughs> Seahawks pass rushers on the roster the right top now. right now, it's yeah, yeah. Jamal Adams. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Rasheem Green. Is he the top guy 
on the, on the be, up front? He would be well. Benson, I, I guess they haven't it, brought back Benson. No, Mayo Benson's yet. a free agent. Well, maybe not, it's Jay Reed. He had the most. He had six and a half this year. Yeah, he had a really good year. Yeah, he 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 bounced back. Yeah, no, he did well. I think the thing with um, Jay Reed is that it's it's confirmed, and this is something that Pete Carroll has kind of confirmed to us, whether he wants to admit that or not, is that Jay Reed's pass rushing prowess, or at least his production, is largely contingent on uh, playing next to a great edge rusher. And Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, or Frank Clark. Like his best years have been when there was also a good edge rusher next to him. That makes sense. So, so yeah, definitely is. Jay Reed, Puna was just a monster in the run game and was able to get, he got a, get a sack or two this season. Yeah, he had a couple. Okay, mm. so basically, yeah. they need some guys. We had LJ Collier on the show, and he he's ready for he's ready to, to show everybody what's really good. Um, yeah, no, we had LJ on on the show. I don't know if he counts as a friend of the show yet, but we appreciate him. Uh, maybe we got to have him twice to be a friend <laughs> to be a friend of the show. The point being is that we can agree they need to bring in some bodies, and at this point, I'm really convinced that if they're not gonna like. I don't think one body gets it done. So I'm thinking you got to do a combo package of like, you need, I'm cool with bringing Clowney back or like you bring Dunlap back. And then like, is it enough to bring back Dunlap and Benson? Is that just enough to bring it back? Is that, you think so? You saw what they did last year. Bringing those two, it would be key. If you can hit on both of them, perfect. And I think Benson's going to be what? Maybe another one year, two mil, one and a half mil at the most for him. Carl's the one you got to really try to figure something out because he is important. Well, his market is probably taking a dump now. Um, there's no, he might be open arms of coming back too. Well, I know he'd want to come back. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the money right. And he's repped by, I think, Drew Rosenhaus, who if anybody like you go look at the deals, like look at all the Schefter and Rappaport's tweets about like per Drew Rosenhaus, it's like 50. This dude repped like half the free agent class. <laughs> it's really insane. All of the deals Monday were repped by Drew Rosenhaus. It was ridiculous. Like he was just signing all of his deals to the Patriots and just whoever like that dude collected a bag. But I think if you're going to just do the Dunlap Mayoa thing, that's okay. That's I'm cool with that. If you want to mix it up, if you want to bring Clowney back, I'm cool with that. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it a buck with you, Mike. You're, you're against the Clowney back. I'm, I'm good on Clowney, man. Why is that? Go ahead, let two me hear. Bad it. to bad, two back to back bad seasons, man. Do you think he had a bad season in 2019? It wasn't great. But does that make it bad though? That's what, that's what I want to hear. Based on what he wants, yes. Based on how he's come out and said he wants to be paid like the best, then doesn't produce it after the Seahawks pick him up, gets hurt, never got healthy. It was just downhill. Went to another team with the Titans, didn't get it done, and now you want to bring him back. I just personally, it's tough for me to say, go ahead, see, I'll just bring him back and hope for the best. It doesn't matter the price tag. What if it's something like like they got Mayoa last year was like one year, three. You won't do I'd that. Rather, I'd rather Mayoa then in that situation. If you can get Mayoa and Dunlap, as you already said, I'm going with those. What two. if I can't though? What if, if you can't Benson, get Dunlap, what if Benson says screw you guys? Kerrigan's out there. Go see if he wants to play. Oh, Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan okay. Kerrigan from the Washington football team. I know he had a down year but that was mainly because he stopped getting snaps i mean you look at that d-line with washington they're like yeah we got a bunch of young yeah they're loaded up front yeah we appreciate you carrying it but you're gonna gonna push it to the side he would be a phenomenal piece to come in and pass rush i think but i don't know if i want to go down the clowny route again that's just me personally okay what about what about melvin ingram another he was just out for injury and it was his first year that he missed due to injury i'm i'm cool with melvin how much would you pay melvin well he wouldn't wouldn't he want a little bit more i know we talked about this what last episode I would oh, we say, did. I would say, can you get him on a one-year deal at seven and a half million? 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Okay. He should take that. He should, but <laughs> that's what I would say. So if you can get Melvin. Okay, and then what else are you doing? You Melvin and who? Melvin and Benson. That would be a nice combo. Okay. So I'm what would you that. spend? Like you would spend Lahari like 10 mil? Probably nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half. You got to give Benson a raise after he ball. I know the cap drops, but that's just how negotiations work. Okay, yeah. Benson can get one year, two mil. Well, two he, and and he made mil. like three last year, I think. So you got to give more than three. three. I thought he made two and a half. Uh-huh. Let, me, let me Google. Either or, I would love those two. Okay. I also like Alden's. I love Alden Smith in this. Oh, well, he yeah, he he played really well last season, too. Yeah, on a team, that, that, a team that stunk, too. Yeah, he put up Well, numbers. defense that stunk. Well, no, the whole team stunk, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember, like, the Cowboys was bad, because I know the Cowboys are going to be actually really good, I think, in 2021 and beyond. Dak's a baller. So I think that's what you got to do. You have to have an elite defense. Like, I think all of the rest, because they're done with the O-line. I think they're done with that. They're not going to yeah, go out and get a better center. One, one and a half million last year. Really? Oh man. Actually, you are uh, base salary. Yeah, one and a half. What's the contract terms on the Benson deal? Oh yeah, no, one year. Yeah, it's up to three. Um, the base was one point five. Okay, yep. yeah, it's, it's complicated stuff. Uh, but I'm I'm cool. I'm with you on that because they can do it. I just think point, they got to make want- two moves. It doesn't oh, really matter the who the two... Yeah, because think yeah. about it this way, right? You're already taking a step back in the secondary, at least by my count. Like, you are. So, if you're doing that, you up front, you got to be on it. You got to... I'm talking about... You got to have, like, a, a 2019 San Francisco type of joint. I'm serious, it's man. It's, you, it's coming. Oh, my goodness. There's a Bosa dude and just everybody. Uh, dude that got traded to Indy was killing it. Like, it was just... Uh, they were stacked. Yeah. You, you got to have that. Or you what got, the Cardinals have now. <laughs> yeah. What, what, I mean, we're forecasting, assuming what, that they bought out J.J. Watt. And they, Chandler. Oh, Chandler's man. back, who was hel- who was hurt last season. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, but that's, yeah, continue, my that's bad. That's crucial. No, no, that, that's a good point. Yeah, because the other teams are loaded up, too. Yeah, that's right. I think the Rams re-signed Floyd, and then they obviously got... killing They Russ. obviously got AD. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> Him and AD were just, hey, Russ, we're going to play tag with you. Yeah, You're no, it. they were they was whooping his ass. Um, Yeah, you got, you got to load up. You got to load up. You got to have... So right now we say who they are. I think honestly, dang dude, the more I think about it, they may have to bring back three dudes. No, I'm not gonna say three. I think I think I know two would definitely get it done. Okay. They brought in Carlos Dunlap and you saw what that did. Jamal Adams balled out. I assume he's gonna play more of that weapon role where he's down there making plays. If they can get Carlos Dunlap and Benson back, or as I put, you get Benson and you go after just lost his name. Melvin? Melvin. You're solid. Okay. I think my final verdict is, because now I'm up in it, because I think they need an elite defense and depth to make up for the fact that I think their secondary is going to take a step back. Without, That's fair. They're going to test that side now. Yeah. Shaq is gone. <laughs> well, and then I don't even know what they're going to do on the right side, too, because Trey's over there. You know, like, or what is, is it Akello over there? Like, what, what version of Akello are we going to get? Like, there's so many variables there. So I'm thinking you got to bring back Benson. I think you, you go for Alden. That's going to be scary, though, to get that. And you take a chance on Melvin. That, 
That's I'm saying you need elite defense. If Pete's going to do this Pete ball thing, you can't have a top 12 defense. You need like a top four. You might get their wish, Mike, and they might grab all three. Well, they probably won't, but that's what they need to do, <laughs> right? I think on defense, that's like the main thing they have to focus on now. Like more than cornerback, it's just like go get a bunch of killers up front. You have to. I think I've said this on the show before. If you talk to people on the 2012 Seahawks about the biggest difference between the 2012 Seahawks and the 2013 Seahawks from a personnel standpoint, it was the fact that they signed Michael Bennett and Cliff freaking Averill, and those dudes were backups on the championship team. They were backups. Like, think about that. Two of the best players in the team history were backups when they got here. That's how loaded the front was. They need a front like that again. Not just like, okay, we got some guys. Because in the scenario that I just said, because my front would be, who's that? That's Melvin. Oh, you're talking about the front four? Or no, just, just the, the whole, I'm talking, let's go edge guys. If they do what I just said. So you got Melvin, Alden. Melvin and, and Alden and Benson and LJ and Rasheem and um, Alton Robinson, who had a really strong rookie year. And then whatever we're going to get at a Daryl Taylor, um, who didn't play at all as a rookie year. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, they didn't sign. They could bring back Shaquem Griffin, so perhaps. Um, but and they could back uh, bring back Demontre Moore. But for the most part, I think that is that is it. So if that's your group, that's a bunch of killers. Oh, on I forgot t- Puna. But on top of well, I was talking about edge guys. But yes, gotcha, on okay. top of bringing back Brian Monet and and Puna Ford and Jay Reed as well. But just on the edge. Yep. Those are that's that has the potential to be the best uh, pass rush group in the league if you factor in also Jamal because they need the best passers in the league like I think they do they need it's not about again it's not about having a top five you got to have top two top you know to be top two and you're not two you know what I'm saying <laughs> like that that's where they have to be yeah I don't think they can settle for again this is because of the peat ball thing if you have a if you have a top three passing offense even top five I think you, your defense can be a little shakier and you have a little bit more of a margin for error as like teams like it's not the best example, but like the Titans last year, the defense was ass, but their passing offense was so good because Ryan Tannehill was really good that they were able to get by, right? Because they didn't need to have an elite defense. Where if you're, if you're going to do the whole like, who's a nut, like Chiefs are another good example too, but if you're going to do the Baltimore thing or the Cleveland thing, you're kind of relying on, at least to get to a championship level, see neither of those teams did, your defense has to be on it. Yeah. It has to be really, really on it. Like I was re-watching Seattle's 2014 playoff run um, because of the Doug Baldwin interview that he did with the Pedestrian Podcast. Shout out to Adam and Stu. I would re-watch the whole playoffs, and I just, it was just a reminder like, yo, their defense was saving the offense's ass a lot because they kept having slow starts. They kept being down like 10 in the midway through the third quarter, and the defense had to get punt after punt after punt after punt to make it happen. Whereas if you build around a better passing offense and you can just like go score, go score, go score, go score. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter <laughs> if defense is trash. Um, you still should have a good defense, but you need killers. Like even go look at like the uh, what the Bucks just did. They had killers up there to beat Mahomes. Now it helps that Mahomes lost his two starting tackles, right? That's easy to kill people. But they had killers up front. So I think on defense, if the Carson, this is actually related to the Carson signing. If you're going to do the Carson signing and, and double down on Pete Ball, you got to have a top-tier defense. And to do that, I think your best option now, because I don't think there's a lot of great corners out there, the best option now is to load up on killers up front. I don't know why I like calling pass rushers killers. but well, what do they do? They try to kill the quarterback every play. Makes yeah. sense. No, I like it. It's, it's violent. Speaking of corners, though, they still got to figure that position out. And personally, I think they should try to bring back Quentin Dunbar. I know he hasn't really, he didn't really show forth, but when he played, he was he was solid. 
And then he got the knee injury. Coach should have taken him out. He was hobbled. It didn't look good. Mm, probably not the best thing to do. But one corner I think the Seahawks should take a look at is a veteran in Malcolm Butler. Get him on a one-year deal at like $6 million. I don't think the Seahawks can sign Malcolm Butler. You think they can? Hey, man, let bygones be bygones. So I, You want to win a Super Bowl, right? So here's the thing. Well, I don't think Malcolm Butler will be the difference, but I get what you're saying. The thing is, again, shout out to the Pedestrian Podcast. Uh, shout out to Adam and Stu, the homies over there across the and pond. It's not me that wants to bring him. I'm just saying, take a look. No, you said it. Who's, yeah, he said it's not me. There's only two of us. What are you talking? Okay, how can I read I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm not suggesting Malcolm Butler. <laughs> go ahead. Hear, hear me out, folks. All right, we're hearing you. Let's go. What you got? Is he not a good corner? I don't think anyone in Seattle can objectively analyze Malcolm Butler. Do you know the hurt he caused around here? You know here? the hurt he can cause to other teams when you bring him in? Mm, yeah. He yeah. He can definitely do that. He can help. He could and help. That's the biggest thing. You want to shore up that cornerback position? Why not bring in a guy who ended your season in the worst way possible? Well, He be- knew the play. He did the study. He did all that. All you're asking him to do is play cover three and drop back and don't get beat deep. Not a lot of man in Seattle. I think he fits that mold pretty well. If you throw six mil, he might take it and say, I'm cool with that. I can come in and help. Well, okay. And he's only 31. So I don't disagree with the talent part of it, though I don't know if he's big enough to be a corner in Pete's uh, system. I'd have, to, I'd have to check that specifically with the whole arm length thing that I think think is just kind of weird. See, Balcom's 5'11". Yeah, maybe he is. We'll see. But <laughs> so I mentioned the pedestrian podcast because, again, those are the homies. They had KJ right on there and a Cliff Averill, and they had Doug Baldwin on there all recently, I believe. I know KJ and Doug was recent. They talked about Super Bowl 49 mm. and the lingering mental effects that thing had on <laughs> people on the Seahawks. It was a lot. And even if the guys, how many people are on the team now that played in that Super Bowl? Just, KJ, Bobby. Well, KJ's not on the team. So just. You're right. Excuse me. Bobby uh, and Russ. Yeah, Bobby and Russ, and then any coaches, including Pete. So, and then Tater, who's now back, was a back, quarterback Tate. coach at the time. So you got those guys there. And John Snyder as well. I think that that is too traumatic of a transaction. Because for real, I think these guys still think about that. I think they really do. And then you got the dude who did it walking in there. I just don't think that that can... Oh, man, that might mess with Russ's head. Like, Hey, Russ, audible. When you see Malcolm out there, we're going to switch the play here. See, Learn just... that. Learn from your past mistakes. And go get it done. I just like his talent. And I think he's a veteran that can come in and really... I'm not saying he's going to make this secondary elite, but he's going to hold the fort down. You'll be confident in who you have out there. You try Malcolm Butler out there. Akila, um, Mr. Witherspoon. Uh, Akela Witherspoon. I'm going to mess his name up probably all season. I got to phonetically spell that out for myself. Akello, Akello. Akello Witherspoon. Yeah, there it is. And DJ Reed in the slot. That's not bad. What about Marquise? What'd you do with Marquise Blair? You just put him on the bench? That's messed let's, up, man. How dare you? Let's see how. How dare you? You didn't Chris. have Marquise earlier, so I'm not hearing it. I didn't do a slot projection. Whatever, DJ Marquise, either or. I'm telling you, that's not bad. That's actually like, damn. Now our pass rushes. Let's say they do get the three guys. I don't think they could get the three and a four. Hypothetically, Malcolm. let's go crazy with it, Mike. Let's just go crazy with it, all in. Everything's on okay, fire. Okay. They go out and get three of them. Okay. Alden Smith. They bring back Benson, and they bring back Dunlap. Okay. Or they go out and get Melvin Ingram. Yeah, either way. It's a wash. Go ahead. That's scary. No, I, that, that is. I can't believe you did Marquise Blair like that. I'm telling. 
I mean, can't believe you just you just you just threw him on on the bench like that. I just the mental trauma of Malcolm Butler is just. I get it, mental trauma, but you want to win, you gotta put booby in. Go they, get booby. Malcolm is not no damn. <laughs> I'd rather have Xavier Rhodes uh, if that's the case. Did a Dory Jackson sign? I think he did. He sign. did. Yeah. So take that take that off the wish list. But yeah, I think this is someone you should definitely take a look at at the minimum. Just take a look. See what's see what's they up. They did take a look in Super Bowl forty nine, and he picked them. I mean, you gotta let that hurt go. You're right. Actually, we not just don't you. have evidence that they did. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, you know we what? just don't have evidence that we they did. We should hit up KJ and ask KJ, like, bro, what you think about it, the Seahawks? If you, I mean, of course he's going to say, yeah. You no, know? no, no. You have a good relationship with him. He probably will keep it buck with you. That's true. Oh, you're talking about off the record. Yeah, yes. yeah okay. Yeah, maybe I can I, can, I think I can he will keep it a buck and be like, nah, man, that what he did to us, man, I can't have him on my team. Or you know what? <laughs> Hell yeah. Don't have him on no one else's team. Bring him with us. That'd be a perfect move. Malcolm we, Butler broke the Seahawks. They haven't bounced back. So. That, I mean, I guess if the Niners can sign Sherm, but I guess losing... I'll the, put it this way, Mike, to your A-B point. You had a chance to bring in a corner like Malcolm Butler. He ends up in the Super Bowl, and you had the opportunity. He makes a game-winning interception. I don't I don't think that the Seahawks, would, because he is so scorned, <laughs> they're so matter. scorned by them. I'm telling you, bro, these guys talk about Super Bowl 49 as if they lost a, a family member. Like, it was really it's hurtful. huge, man. There's the other guys out there. I'd rather have rather just beg Sherm to come back or just honestly just add Quentin Dunbar back like you said like I'd rather those are the two options Quentin Dunbar or take a look at Malcolm that's all I got yeah because I just don't think I'm telling you man the first day the first day Russ and Malcolm are in the (laughs) locker room they gotta throw hands or something like you gotta get that out bro you really just gotta get this almost like the episode of Family Guy where they all just beat each other up the whole episode (laughs) just to get the frustration out you you got to speaking of Russ this is probably the most important thing that they do this offseason. And I wrote this, and people have probably already seen it at this point, but you need to call Russell Wilson. Oh, you saw this in your story. You need to call mm-hmm. Russell Wilson because, to my knowledge, they haven't talked. Mm. I don't think they've talked. I'm, I'm, I have, I've, nah, let's just go with that. They have not talked, to my knowledge. Maybe that's changed over the last 48 hours, but prior to that, don't think they've talked. So, you've got. The franchise quarterback saying, trade me here if you're going to trade me. The organization being like, we ain't going to talk to you. And the franchise quarterback being like, yo, can I get some input? No. They make all these moves. They miss out on guys like Tooney and Lindsley. They miss out on the dude Zeitler or whatever from the Giants that signed, I don't know where, but miss out on him. Oh, Baltimore. I think he signed in Baltimore. You got to call Russ and try to fix this. And you got to call Russ and see what he thinks. Because Chris, the O-line is damn near the same. Like, he went around complaining about the O-line, and all they did was swap IU Potty for Gabe Jackson. Now, that is an upgrade. For sure it's an upgrade. Is that enough? People have been asking me, is that enough of an upgrade? Let's look at the NFC West. Well, How do you think they'll do? It's not even that. I don't even care what I think whether it's an upgrade. What is Russ? Russ is who <laughs> called them trash. It was not me. I, I think I said that they were a problem late in the year, which they were, but Russell called them trash. Not I. We need to ask Russell what he thinks about the O-line. And by we, I mean, if you're the front office, like, all right, Russ, what do you think? You happy yet? He's probably going to say no. But you never know until you call. I'm just saying you need to call. Because and someone asked me this, too. It's, they asked me, Mike, they can't just have Russell running the show over there. Right? Like, they just can't have that. I agree. And they asked me, what do you think they should reasonably do to satisfy him? I was like, no, that's a, that's a good question. If I was the Seahawks, I would just do two things. 
I would let this would have been before free agency. I would have just let him know who we were going after. It's very simple. If he calls you and says, "Hey Pete, hey it's me, it's Russ. I'm at the Super Bowl. Just saw Tom Brady do his thing. Hey, so our O line, right? Um, can we get can, what are we looking at? What are we doing? How are we rocking? Tell him. Hey man, we got this guy on our board. This guy we're gonna make a run at this dude. It's kind of we're looking at. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Step one. Step two for the Seahawks. If Russ gives you a name, check the dude out. Doesn't mean out for him $100 million. <laughs> Watch some tape of him. You know, evaluate him. Ask your pro guys about him. Pro personnel scouting guys. Something. That's it. Tell him what the plan is. Take any suggest any names he gives into consideration. That's not that much. It's the bare minimum, actually. That is... That, really is kind of the bare minimum just like hey man we're going after these five dudes oh russ is like hey can you add the sixth guy just like check him out for me please cool. sure cool we'll check him out you can even come back to russ like russ he he stinks or <laughs> he's got a bad bicep that he's been hiding um i don't think he's gonna hold up if we bring him in at the money that he wants oh well thanks guys for letting me know cool they ain't do none of that i think that's the you don't got to have Russ in there grinding film with y'all, handing out... Con- no, I really don't think... He, he does have to know his position in the organization. I don't think that's his spot. It really ain't that hard to just be like, hey, man, yeah, we we making a run at Lindsley. This is our budget for it. We're going to try it, though. Okay, cool. Hey, can we go after uh, Blank as well? Yeah. Sure, we'll, we'll take a look at it. We'll see. Take a look. That's it. Ain't nobody got to die. Ain't going to spend no extra money. All it is is just making them feel like his opinion matters to y'all. And they couldn't even do that. So I think they need to, because they doesn't sound like they did that, they got to do some damage control. Call Russ, see what he's thinking, see how he's feeling. Because the trade options he gave are off the table. You can't do the Bears. The Raiders don't have an O-line anymore. <laughs> They're all gone. Uh, so the Raiders decimated their O-line. The Cowboys re-signed Dak. Who was the other team on there? New Orleans. Oh, Saints. I guess he could still go there. But don't do that. This is what are they going to give you back? Taysom, James, don't do that. And yeah, so the the four trade teams are off the table. You already did free agency for the most part. You're done with the O line. They can get another receiver. You know, there's that. But Some you, 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 you got to call Russ. You're like, hey, oh, how you feeling, big dog? What's up? You you, you happy? You beefing? What you want? You want another receiver? <laughs> what you want to be in our draft room? I think got to do. Or even with the draft, this is another good example. He's like, hey, this is the guys we're looking at in the draft on the O-line. Okay, cool. Hey, can you check out this dude, too, from TCU or something? Yeah, cool. We're looking at that, too. We're looking at him. And come back and look like, yeah, Russ, that was a good suggestion. All right, Russ. No, he stinks, but we took it into account for you. That's it. No one has to die. No one. That's it. That's just what I would do. It's probably the best. I don't see why not. At this point, there's a timeline. 2022. Goodbye, Russ. Or goodbye, Pete. One of the two. Goodbye, somebody. Somebody's gone, right? Wouldn't you want to try to, I don't know, fix it if you could? If you knew that it might be coming to an end and he's made it quite clear, going on his press run, making it very known that he's frustrated, not with small things, but with things that are big to him, such as not winning a Super Bowl, not competing for it every year. No, those are big things. Having a battle line is big. Seeing that... Tom Brady just extended as he's about to play till he's 60. Yeah, Tom Brady's going to be in another Super Bowl before Russ probably too. That's where Russ is at. And you pointed out all the little things that the Seahawks can do. It's really not hard. No, it's just simple But it's stuff. also 
ego. Do I really want to call Russ and tell him what we plan on doing? Or do I really want to call Russ and tell him that this is the idea, this is the plan that we have going for it? Hey, we're going to bring Chris Carson back. We don't like what we're seeing with our running back group. What do you think? Is it that hard? And Russ is probably like, oh, yeah, yeah, dope. That's dope. Great. What about O-line? What about this? What about wide receivers? I think A-B would be a great fit still. He sure would. These are discussions that, I mean, not even discussion. To your point, just, oh, hey, what do you think about that? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Where can we improve? Well, the cornerback spot. Uh, our defense. I don't want him talking about the defense. <laughs> so if Russ said anything about defense, he'd be like, hey, 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 hey. No, no, no. I'm cool with the defense. If he's beefing about the O-line and stuff, I can feel that. Yeah. he's <laughs> Hike. He, he's the one is. who has to take the hits if they stink. There so it is. it's like he should be directly involved. But yeah, not, not defense. I mean, it should be relatively simple. Honestly, Someone, I forget who tweeted us and said that we should be the head coach. And I, was, oh, I don't want to do any of that. I think it was Holly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do any of that. Uh, flattered, but no. But if they don't want to call Russ, hey, call me. I'll, I'll do it. I'll middleman them for him for free. I, this, was on, this was on the house. Pete can call me, say, hey, Mike, can you tell? This is all embargoed information. Can you tell Russ we doing this? I got you. What up, Russ? It's Mike. How you doing? Pete want me to tell you blah, 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 blah. You cool? I bet. Boom, I'll do it. They don't even got to talk to each other. They good. They can just go through me. That's I, don't even, wild. I don't even tell nobody. I don't even tell. I tell you, but we can't put it on the show. But that's how, that's how crazy this relationship is. Mike has to be the middleman just to get the two on the same page. Like, hey, Mike, go tell Russ we doing A, B, and C. We're not doing D. We checked him out. We're not really rocking with it. Go tell him. Okay. I I think, and the reason I want to do that to make that sacrifice for people that aren't paying me, which is rare, is because I am jealous. I am jealous of my colleague, Nate Taylor, mm. who is from, I believe, Kansas City and covers the Chiefs for us and has covered back-to-back Super Bowls for his hometown team. Whether he's a fan or not, I, I, I'm not sure if Nate is, but I know his father is. I want some of that. Win or lose, let me just, you know. I just let me taste it. Yeah, let me, let me get down there. You know what I'm saying? That's, so I'm a little jealous. So I'm willing to help. In that regard, that was the only thing I'm doing on the house, though, for them. I'm not doing nothing else for free. You need me to go negotiate anything more, relationship stuff between them two? Nah. I mean, a new chain or something. Yeah, I need sweatsuit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm good on the car. I don't need no car. Uh, jewelry. You never have enough cars, Mike. Yeah, you can. You only drive one at a time. <laughs> you, don't need, you, don't, you don't need that many, but yeah, that's, they can, I'll do that for them. That's my gift to the Seahawks. I'm going to owe you quite a bit. Well, yeah, man, we've been helping them out on this show for a little bit here, Pete don't Pete picks which parts he listens to, which is fine. You know, <laughs> as long as he's a subscriber to the Athletic, I'm not beefing. I wish you would have listened when we said, "Don't take Jimmy." What are you doing? Send that trade back. Take get Chris Unger back. Get your starting lineman back. Let Jimmy stay over there. Oh, you're you, talking about the Jimmy Graham trade? Oh, yes. Oh, 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 I think I like that in real oh, time. I hate. I didn't. I was. What? It, you guys are a running football team. Yeah. No. Jimmy Graham scores touchdowns in the end zone. He doesn't. He doesn't. What do you block? I don't. I've never seen Jimmy block anything. I've seen him stiff arm DBs, run through players, make acrobatic catches in the end zone. That's one thing. No, sorry. All right, we're gonna we're gonna close on this, Chris. They got. Uh, what else can they do? One, give me one player that if you're like, all right, from the Seahawks. Let's say Pete does call. He says, Chris, we got room for like one more guy on the team. We're just trying to shore everything up. What do you got? Who 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 are you going with? Should I be you and go backup quarterback? <laughs> I ain't that said nothing. You brought up that. Hey, look. All go, right, 
Gardner Minshew if he's out there. All right, this is... Give me one dude. Just give me a name. I'm going to go with wide receiver. Go get Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. Oh, dude from the Rams. How many former Rams y'all want on the roster? <laughs> you know, hey. <laughs> All the Rams. Why not keep it coming? Uh, Sure. Was he any good? He had a solid year last year. Career high in catches and yards. 52 catches, 618 yards last season. Oh, that's, that is decent. Yeah, that's not bad. And for your third receiver? Yeah, yeah, that's a good third that's, receiver. That's, that's, that's talent right there. All right. And he's also lengthy, 6'3". You can go up and get it. Go get him. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was that big. Okay. I'll give you one before we close it out of here. And it's on what's kind of like a free agent slash breaking news special. God damn it, Seahawks. This is ridiculous. Actually, you know what? I ain't doing none of that stuff for free because y'all, y'all <laughs> ruined the middle of the show. Everything I just said, that's going to cost you. I need a chain. I need a diamond chain that says man to man. That's what we need. Chris <laughs> need one too and some earrings. I ain't doing none of that for free. I almost forgot. All right. My my one, and this is going to sound, a lot of people going to hate this. Worse than Malcolm Butler? Hold up. What you got? It was nothing worse than Malcolm Butler. <laughs> you're, like, you're, you're like bringing in Satan to the teams because he can ball. Man, you can get out of here with that. Uh, gotta bring, I think you got to go get A.B. You got to go get A.B. A.B., Malcolm Butler. They're probably on the same. God, I hate that guy scale. No, no, no. Malcolm Butler. Way higher. What? Even the allegation? We're going to watch Super, Super Bowl 49 <laughs> together. Like I think you need to rewatch and and feel the disappointment of them going on that two-minute drive, Jermaine Curse catching that ball, Marshawn getting to the one, and then the – yeah. So, Fun I, fact, I was watching it live with the homies in Pullman. I mean, yeah, I was too, but I, I think the A-B. I think you got to do it. You know, it's one of them things that if you can outbid Tampa for him, which shouldn't cost much, if you can do it, it's one of those things that makes your team better. And appeases your quarterback. Like, you got to do something to make Russ happy. You got to. Unless you're going to trade Russ, it behooves you to get on his good side. A pissed-off quarterback is not good. Even if your pissed-off quarterback will play well, that won't get you where you want to be. Guaranteed. Pay him happy. And AB's good. Great. Uh, yeah. Still. You see what he did in the Super Bowl to Tyron Matthew? Good boy. That and that was, the, that was the wrong route, too. Ran the wrong route and barbecued that boy in the goal line. Come on, man. That's only short, AB. That short area quickness, him and Stephon Diggs are the only dudes who can do that that well. Yeah, Jamal knows that very well. Okay, see? <laughs> Jamal, that was Chris. That that wasn't that wasn't me. But yeah, that's my guy. Josh, you get saying Josh Reynolds. Yeah, I'm going Josh Reynolds. I'm going with AB. I can't believe you said we're going to close out on that, man. Thank you guys for listening <laughs> to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. I excuse my co host here for making us rehash the pain of Super Bowl 49. We did not mean to do that. I don't know how we got there from a free agency podcast. Um, Pete Carroll, you were very mean for leaking that news about Chris Carson while you were recording, but that's okay. You can pay us in diamond chains. Um, we will catch you guys uh, later next week. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, what else we got, Chris? You good? Make sure you subscribe on The Athletic. And on that note, we out. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.